Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Butchko. Jenny Bookler is missing, not permanently, I think we'll find her soon enough, but she's not here today. So it is up to us to recall all the things that are happening here at Light Gray Art Lab, which is almost impossible because I feel like she's the one that's got that <laughs> under control. She's the one who has a calendar. She has a calendar. <laughs> But I do know that one of the things that's coming up is the Cosmo Show, because guess what is sitting right next to me, um, besides this candle and this pottery that I left here? Um, guess, Chris. I guess, oh, I'm looking, so maybe Francesca. Francesca, could, guess. I could guess. What is it a giant stack of artwork that is going to go on the walls? Yes. Also, 40 million pounds of fiber optics. Just it's pretty cool. Flying around. That's what I've been doing all day. It's been pretty cool. I uh, as a as a as a proper artist, I've been waiting till the last minute to do this. Um, I'm just gonna admit that because I know every other person in the world probably shares this with me. That's how that works, right? So mm-hmm. we only have like a couple weeks left, but I'm making good progress. I think this is gonna be really good. And for those of you guys that don't know about the Cosmo Show, um, we are making an incredible uh, illuminated experience for everybody. It's basically a planetarium in here with all of these constellations, planetary bodies and astral bodies, and of course, fiber optics. So when you come in, we're going to be able to dim the lights a couple times during the show so you guys can get the full experience of being out in a non-light polluted um, night sky and also be able to of course during the rest of the exhibition see amazing work by a ton of awesome people um a lot of the artists are also coming to the show which is really cool too so if you want to meet some of the great people that are part of the cosmos show i encourage you guys to come on over on october 30th from 7 to 10 p.m and of course you can also see the other project or the other piece of the project that we've been working on so hard for the last like six or seven months and that's the cosmos tarot and oracle deck which will be here in person so we are so psyched it is uh pretty neat to see it all come together so it's coming up fast now i know that's crazy that's why i was saying i probably shouldn't admit it but i am because i know i'm in good company here i'm doing it at the last minute just like well, it's not the last minute yet but yeah no what do i have like a week there. i've got a week and a half Two weeks. okay yeah, good you're, you're doing okay thanks I think yeah, I'm doing like good. Two weeks from yesterday. So. Jenny might be freaking out, but I'm not freaking out yet. Yeah. Well. I'm like, it'll be good. I did a bunch of work uh, last night and tonight, and I feel good about it. Plus, um, we want to thank everybody that came to uh, Tarot Reading Night number two. We went through the Minor Arcana. That was awesome. Um, thanks to all the nice people that sent me some tweets about that. Um, it was really fun. And so we walked through all the symbolism stuff, getting you guys ready to see the um, Cosmos Tarot and Oracle deck. So we'll have a couple other classes uh, in our like fun get-together thing where we're going to be talking about like talismans and crystals and all the crazy mystical stuff that I think everybody enjoys, uh, or at least I enjoy. And so there's bunches of other things that we're going to have over the month that Cosmos is up. So if you guys want to learn some of that, um, keep an eye out on the Facebook situation or on our events page on the website and all that information will be up there soon. Speaking of which, don't you have a bunch of, uh, things that are coming up too? Um, if you're talking about game nights, I have one coming up, oh. which is the Cosmos game night where we'll be playing space, mainly space theme games, but I'll probably have some mystical games as well, just because I happen to have more mystical games than, than uh, sci-fi games, yeah, it turns out. What, what mystical games do you have? Because I, I can name He just bought ones. one. He just we bought just a good one with a, crystal yeah, balls in it. Mysterium. That's pretty mystical. Oh, it is. Mysterium. Everybody gets a crystal balls, ball. And it's got ghosts and it's got psychics and it's got all sorts of stuff. It's like um, all my favorite stuff. It's got premonitions and dreams and all sorts of stuff. But uh, so we probably will play Mysterium. But uh, I don't know. Last week was the mystical one. So yeah. whatever games we played at that night. But anyway, mm-hmm. Cosmos is coming up. Cosmos the game night is coming up October 22nd, Thursday from 630 to 930 p.m. Yeah, it, that's pretty cool. And then um, I believe. Uh, oh, big news. Uh, You guys, we have another travel um, program coming up here for New Year's Eve. If you are looking for a fun thing to do that is not in your own backyard and you want to come travel with us, we just put up the information to come to Uray, Colorado. 
Uh, we are taking a small team of people into the tiny mountain towns to look at all of like the old abandoned mining towns, all the ghost towns that are out there that are still standing. You can actually walk inside the houses and see places from the old like 1800s. Um, we're going to go and see the Uray Ice Park, which is a giant um, chasm that has tons of ice formations that, again, if you want to opt in and climb them, uh, there's also an option to climb those too. We've got a day of um, going in the nice hot springs, of course. That's like one of my favorite things, uh, all the geothermal pools. And then, of course, like tons and tons of creative uh, activities, conversations, and a lot of fun stuff that's led by the um, Light Gray team here. So um, also, we're, we're having optional skiing which I think Chris is excited about. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, you can hear how into it he is with his enthusiasm abound. So I'm excited about it. We have tons of great stuff happening. And so if you guys want to be a part of that, it's actually um, first come, first serve. And so we only have, I think when I listed it, I think we had about nine um, spots left. So uh, it is also open to couples as well so if you're like me and my buddy and whoever uh go take a look and so um information is on the website right on the front page so you can see it all right there at lightgrayartlab.com so yes i'm sure there's other things happening but those are the big ones i think right yep Mm -hmm. yeah too bad jenny's not here with her calendar of things (laughs) oh jenny so anyway uh I had asked these guys earlier if they remembered Mary Poppins. Which we mm-hmm. both did. Yeah, and yeah, I think do. it's hard to forget. And then we sang the Step in Time well, song. We, we didn't. You didn't. We didn't. You didn't sing it. I sang it. I sang it to Chris like five times. Yeah, one sentence of it. I said, pick your knees up, step in time. Mm-hmm. Pick your knees up, step in time. And then I went clap, 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 tap, tap, tap. Tap, 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 And then I did that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but- I remember we, we saw that on Broadway. It what? It was awesome. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. I think that was the time I wasn't there. Did and they do that? They did. And I remember you were like, before, you are like, this one is my favorite. It is my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that whole movie is when they're up there tapping around on the ceiling for no reason. And then yeah. I, I feel like... Um, what is it? Bedknobs and broomsticks where they're, uh, they're walking see, on the ceiling. Favorite. Yeah. I feel like anything on the ceiling or the roof is really my favorite thing. And so what do we come up with here? Is this, this podcast is about, <laughs> didn't we, we said, Mary Poppins. don't, <laughs> it's about Mary Poppins. <laughs> so why be a banker when you could be on the roof? I don't know what that means, but, um, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking about it and I was like, all right. So if I had to turn that new metaphor, here's what I would say. You ready for this? My wisdom? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Go. All right. If I said, if I said, I'm going to be on the roof, I'm going to be looking all over the land, surveying the universe from Uh my high perspective. And I can see everything. I can see, actually, I probably could see like in our old studio, I could see uptown. I could see midtown. Maybe if I looked really far, I might be able to see St. Paul, but I don't think so because I don't think my eyes are that good. However... When you're, when you're up there, I think that's uh, a little bit more interesting maybe than getting your face in the details. So that's what I think you have to do when you're a banker because you cannot lose your money. Otherwise, you are fired. Isn't that how that works? Mm-hmm. Chris? Sure. <laughs> and although I don't think that's what we're going to talk about for like 15 hours, I think I was sitting there, um, what is it? couple days ago and I was working on this project. I got this great freelance project from one of my clients and he calls and he's like, can you draw a bunch of animals? And I was like, yes. And so I've been drawing a bunch of animals recently and um, I had to stay at home to do it because I've got my equipment and stuff at home. And Jenny sends me a text and she's like, two weeks away. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Two weeks away. Yeah. Okay. And then you know, a day passes or something, two days, three days pass. And she's like, a week and a half away. And I was like, oh God. So Jenny's looking at all the details, of course, because she's got to, she's got to make sure that they're all in there. And then I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. I'm still here sitting up here on the roof thinking about how it's totally fine. And uh, I think I finally, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm still not worried. I'm still not worried. I'm a carefree chimney sweep with my, sweep them sweeping around up there 
Except for now I'm sweeping mm-hmm. in the fiber optics. <laughs> so you have a broom made of fiber optic strings. Yeah, I do. Sweeping mm-hmm. around. I am sweeping That'd around. That would be a pretty sweet broom. Definitely good for Broadway. It would. It would be good for Broadway. It would be good it would be good over here too, because I've made a giant mess. But I don't know. Do you think when you guys are working on projects, do you ever sit there and freak out about every single little detail that you have to do? Or are you more thinking about like the concept of I'm gonna do this, it'll be fine. Like, are um, you a worrier or are you a, a detail worrier? I think I have phases. Like, I know, for instance, when I'm at work, when we're starting a new project, the first phase is a brainstorm phase in which worrying is not allowed, which is really sometimes kind of hard to do. But then there is also a point later on, like like far down the pipeline, where we have to, like, be super nitpicky to the point where, like, like every time I write an email, I give it to my coworker and I'm like, can you read this and make sure this makes sense? Because I don't even know anymore. So I think it, it kind of, there's different parts of the job that require certain roles. You, so you do, the, you do the, the banking part at the end? Well, it just, the way that the, the way that that particular production system works, and I feel like this is a lot of projects, is the first part is kind of like this big scheming phase where you don't want to be inhibited by worrying but then there is going to be a point where worrying worrying quotation marks because I don't worrying makes it sound bad or just like getting in the weeds like you're up in there in the details I think you have to I mean there's just there's so many little bits that that if they're not attended to you have to pay for it later (laughs) so the stuff we make is typically like 3d home decor items and there's a lot of stuff where we have to question is this gonna break is this too sharp we're like can children swallow this you have to make sure things pass all these tests yeah you have to kind of go down this checklist and make sure okay this this pass this this pass this oh wait this one doesn't pass what do we do so i think there's like a point where you have to ask those questions but it's probably not in the beginning because then you'd just not do anything <laughs> if you worried early on. Do you ever think about any details at all, Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm super into details, I think, probably to the detriment where... Really? When I'm working... Yeah. Do you just keep them all in your head and you just don't talk about them or something? Or Yeah, I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't really need to talk about them. But when I'm working, a lot of times I I care too much about like ultra alignments and making sure my layers are in the right order and everything like that. So I probably spend more time than is necessary to make sure that every single thing is like perfectly aligned. And I'm just like super careful about everything. And when I look at other people's files from a distance, they look fine. And then when I get into them, I'm like, Oh, this actually is not in my weird anal retentive grid of thought and I think you can see that in a lot of my designs they're not as like airy as yours because I stick to grids and and really specific rules but I think it's kind of like a lemon shape or something where during the beginning of a project when I don't quite know what I'm doing and I'm trying to put together things and I'm trying to get something to work I am kind of varying the details and I'm zoomed in really closely or whatever but once something clicks I kind of have this like workflow where then once I get something to work, then everything else can work. And it's kind of just like a floodgate that opens and I can do a whole bunch of it. Um, And then, so then I'm at the wide area of the lemon and then towards the end of the project, especially when I'm about to send it, I always have to like rein myself back and go through a checklist to make sure I have all my I's dotted and T's crossed. So I always like look at the original project brief before I send anything to make sure that I didn't like, Good. When I was going around, you know, having fun or whatever, that I didn't like forget about the main core objectives or things that needed to be hit. And sometimes I do. And then I have to be like, oh, I forgot they specifically wanted me to address this certain thing that I kind of went off on a tangent and ignored. So then I'll like go back and add one more um, design that like addresses that directive. So I think at the beginning, I'm very focused on that directive and it's difficult to do anything until I kind of like get my hands into it and then it and then it opens up and then I can do a whole bunch of stuff and some of it's kind of falls way off to the left and way off to the right but kind of the middle stuff is what stays and does that make sense yeah I like that lemon shape concept I like a lemon and maybe maybe really it's more like multiple lemons because you're like talking about what the project is and then the project balloons into a bunch of things until you you know you and the client approve on what the project is actually going to be and then you kind of have your scope and that's where it kind of lemons out again and 
again and again, maybe depending on how many revisions and times you revisit the project. What kind of shape is that? Uh, it's like a, it's like if you took a bunch of, it's like that onion, um, (laughs) (laughs) we have an onion pantyhose hanging in our house. (laughs) It's a pantyhose (laughs) with a bunch of onions. Uh, yeah, actually it is that shape. That's really funny. All those onions are sprouting and it's very serious now because I'm not sure if that's okay or not. I gave my mom a whole bunch of them, but yeah, they're all in this like coffee colored, like weird like and the reason we did that is because to, we have a garden that sprouted a thousand onions at once and i guess if you put them in a pantyhose and like twist it in between each onion so they can't touch they're supposed to never go bad which is good because otherwise they would mold that, that's true it's true but it's it leaves you with like a pantyhose filled with onions hanging I mean, from I'm your fine window with that if they never go bad that's pretty cool <laughs> they're like draping around our house like christmas like yeah, we literally have garlands like 60 or something yeah now they're getting oh. weird because I keep chopping them off. but And they're yeah, also and sprouting inside the pantyhose. Go, whenever you need an onion, you just go out to the living room and you cut an <laughs> onion off the onion pantyhose. <laughs> oh, so Just sad. like a garden. Yeah, just yeah. like a garden, except like for a weirder. <laughs> that is true. We do have an onion pantyhose. I like that uh, shape concept because that's exactly... Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. We rein it back in. Well, mm-hmm. so I think... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of times when I make decisions on the fly after after actually working with the project. Like in, in the beginning, I like to know all my details so I know if it's feasible. And then I am like, all right, cool. And then I just have sort of a freeing, hey, no problem kind of moment for a very long time. And maybe that's your your lemon shape that we're talking about. But then the funny part is, is sometimes it doesn't come back to the other end of the lemon. It looks like a megaphone. And then it just keeps going. Uh, Sometimes it it hits a wall and the megaphone gets chopped off at the end or something like that. Or like a giant pennant or something like that shape. See, I think think mine is like a reverse megaphone. Like when I think about how it works, it's like it's it's really wide and open at the beginning. But then it like pinpoints down until to the one possible outcome. I think it might just be a really short lemon <laughs> so it because i even if you're brainstorming the first you know the first few items on your list in a brainstorm are going to be like the lame items that you're just like let's brainstorm items for a christmas ornament and then you're like christmas tree present pantyhose pantyhose <laughs> onions with an onion in it yeah. but then as you go you know the floodgates kind of open and you get a lot more and then it gets easier and easier mm-hmm. um and in anything i think you get into like a state of flow and mm-hmm. that's where the onion is. Like when the well, onion it's like is iterative. its widest. You're like, I could do anything with this. Look at all these things I can do. And you're like, I'm going to take this random ornament and I'm going to squash it over here and put some glitter on it. And now it's a totally different ornament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do it when we make <laughs> ornaments for clients. We just mm-hmm. smash the shape around. We're like, here's a Santa Claus. Now here's a really short Santa Claus. Yeah. Pinch <laughs> his head. really tall. Actually, that is kind of how it goes. It is <laughs> how it goes. Really You're here's like, pinch really his head. Make his leg really thing. long. <laughs> that's how we do it. But that's how, that's why I feel like mine is more like a weird triangle or something like that. Because I think there's like a moment where at the beginning we're like, cosmos. And then we're like, no, no, not just cosmos. Now it's cosmos plus an interactive component, 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 mm-hmm. what component component. And then not just that, but why, why, why shouldn't it be the night sky for real? And if it was a night sky, it would have to light up. So now it's got that, you know, and then yeah. why have an interactive component if you can't interact with it at the opening? So now there's that, know what I'm saying? Yep. Who's no, supposed to rein me back in here with this? Well, the timeline will rein you back in because eventually yeah. you can't add anything else true eventually it's time to execute and then your days of daydreaming are over and then you have to just do it yeah i guess so so then what is it a square at the end of a triangle (laughs) i don't know is it a santa hat with a wide brim so is the the shape is like the brainstorm phase or it's the whole phase (laughs) it's like the it's like the point of the santa hat the little puff on the end is like the rules and then the hat shape that flaps down that your head does not fill unless your head was like a serious point. That is like the working moment and the more brainstorm and the feature creep like Chris likes to call it. 
Mm -hmm. then the brim, the fuzzy brim of the hat is where you can't add anything else, but you still got to work on it. And then the timeline chops it off where your head goes. That's where your head goes in there. Yeah, there's a lot of timeline chopping also. That's that's the that's the problem. I like when Chris just likes to put his in a nice shape like a lemon instead of like a weird Santa hat or something like that. And then yours is like a what? Like just a triangle? I think it always goes in the lemon shape. You guys all are just not seeing the lemon in But your I don't life. pare it back down. I don't throw a bunch of the fiber Well, eventually you away. have to. I mean, you don't pare it back down, but eventually you get things done and things trickle off. And for a while you were like thinking about the fiber optics. You were thinking about the card deck. You were thinking about writing for the rule book. You were oh, yeah. you know, the books and everything like that. And then eventually the rule book is done. Yeah. And then after that, the uh, packaging is done. And then all the files are sent off. And then the artwork is printed. Oh, and then the, I see what you're saying. So right now we're the lemon is quickly tapering. And uh, really, like the decks, those are out of our hands. Yeah. They are on the, you know, on the mailman's rucksack <laughs> i don't the know San- santa's bag they're, they're in santa's sleigh and uh everything else is kind of you know it, things get taken out of your hands until you're kind of just whittling down and that's why a lot of companies kind of have multiple projects going on because at the ballooning middle of the project you need a hundred hands on deck but once the project is kicking out the door you've got the final three people who are coding or three people who are doing testing or whatever they're doing yeah and then the other people should either be working on side projects or otherwise they're going to have to be sitting around on their hands for a long time. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, how come uh, how come it's hard to decide when you're going to stop adding things? Well, you guys might not have that problem. How come uh, it's hard for me to stop adding things on? I think I maybe it's just because I get excited or something where I'm like, this could be even cooler if, and then I throw another thing Start yeah, no, I, I, think, well, I, think I think that's the timeline. Always... Giving yourself a timeline is is what makes a lot of that thing happen. Because it's if if you were trying to make your ultimate epic thing in one without week? a time or without a timeline, oh. you probably would never just commit and do it. You probably would just be like, well, and I have to, you know, let's say you were going to make a movie or something. You like now I need to invest in all of these this equipment, and now I need to go ahead and learn how to use. 3D modeling because I decided I need dinosaurs in this movie and now I Did you see that one YouTube movie with uh, (laughs) David Hasselhoff and a dinosaur in it? Are you referencing that thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. It was like in the same vein. Actually, James just showed it to me today. Our intern is great. His name is James and he showed me a video today. Of David Hasselhoff and uh, a dinosaur. Yeah, and there was a music video that went with it. And it was like a kung fu thing. And the, the name is probably Kung Fu something. And now I forgot about it. But he showed it to me and it was it exactly like that. Neon? And then like you can tell some guy karate kicked. But then they like 3D rendered his leg to you like know, kick yeah, around. You know that, I know what you're talking about. And that was around a long time ago. Yeah. And then it like went away. It must have been such a sensation that they came back and like redid it. Oh. And added more or something. Didn't they kickstart it and make like a billion dollars on Maybe it? that's what they did. Maybe the first one was just like a proof of concept or something, but I, I did see that, I it's guess. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, those are like three three people or something crazy. Some tiny, little tiny group of people that did that incredible thing. So well, when We have a friend about- who made a show. He made like a 15-minute animation, and he let, he just like wanted everything in there, and it took him five years. It did take him five years. And now mm-hmm. he has been picked up by a t- television studio. And they're like, you have to make, what is it, like 15 in a year? Oh, really? And he has to completely rethink his workflow and how everything is going to happen and, and, and think about bringing other people on and being a showrunner and things like that. And and the thought of that was just so mind-bogglingly terrifying because I know yeah, well, I'm, I'm how like much time and effort it. he put in that first one. And now to like turn them out seems impossible. But with help, I'm sure it's not. Right. Um, and that's the, you know, that's like where bringing in people would really be. Helpful. Well, yeah. And if he's got like a efficient process, if he knows what he did last time and he could just like, I don't know, make it a something. <laughs> Is this a claw cramp? Yeah, clamp? You're like, claw. yeah, claw. Like, I made a claw shape with my hand and I said, I said, efficiency, efficiency. And then I, and then I pinched it with my claw. What did you say? A fishy and you caught a fishy with your claw. I did. Crab claw. You know, crabs eat um, very sloppily. Did you know that? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to link to a YouTube video in the, <laughs> in the podcast notes. It's really gross. They just, they eat like how like a toddler eats and it's just like pieces flying around, getting everywhere, except for it's in water. You know, imagine if you were a crab in space on a, a huge crab in a, in a spaceship with a bunch of astronauts and you're eating your dinner. Mm-hmm. Guess where all your meal remnants would go? Right in everybody's eyeballs. Right in their air tube is exactly where it'd go. And you'd probably inhale most of that, like, fish particles. Yeah. That's a shame. Anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, I think, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to be super efficient. You know, you'd think, speaking of efficiency, I keep getting all these emails, and I, I'll just publicly apologize again for my inability to manage my whole life Um but I get all these emails every single week. People asking me where the Great Personality Two is, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to do everything all the time, and um, it is one of those things where, I, as I'm saying this thing about our friend saying, "Oh yeah, he could just do 15 of them in a year, no problem." Now that he's done it once, of course he can be efficient and just do it. Well, and then you're thinking, like, wait a second, that's really hard. You know, yeah, but I, I mean, he might be, he could even be efficient. He could be the most efficient person ever, but I still think, I don't, I don't, I think it might be physically impossible to do without other people. Right. Who well, understand. he, he wouldn't be doing it if a, if a television station or is that what they're right. called? Television, television network didn't come to him and say, here's money, make more. Well, that Because would be, that gives him the capabilities of right. actually reaching out to people and having them right. help him because if it's just a Patrick, like if it's his own passion project forever, then he would continue to release them at the rate of like one out of every five years. Well, because you have to, right. because you, you got you to gotta make sure you stay alive while you're doing your passion projects, you know? Yes, And, and so, I mean, speaking from my own personal thing, man, I would love to sit down and make great personality all day, every day for everybody forever. Um, but mm-hmm. it's it is impossible to be a responsible adult and make great personality happen at lightning pace. Um, and so I think I've ad- admitted this to like 40 billion people before, but I'll do it again. So maybe some of the emails will be encouraging and not angry or something. <laughs> They're never really that angry. They're like, I'm so sad it's not there. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And then I... I'm like, oh, I could tell you a list of excuses, but I won't. I'll just tell you it's coming because it is. But it's um, it is it is so. It's it's uh, the short version is it's hard to do everything you want all the time, and it's so tough to be a single human being with uh, life responsibilities. <laughs> there you go. That's what I should write to the people that ask me where it is. Yeah. And say okay. Well, if, it, if I, <laughs> I took off work th- and life for a month and wrote the first one, coded the first one, and that was all I did. And then that I can't do that. I can't take a, a twelfth of my year and just only do that. And then just it's just not possible. So I got to do it at the pace I can do it, which is why it probably took our friend five years to do his animated thing. Because holy yeah. crap, yeah. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of a, a quote. I've been doing a project where we. I've had to research a million inspirational quotes. Oh, yeah. And one that wasn't that inspirational. <laughs> but I kind of liked, I, I don't remember who it was by, but it was. Some of those quotes you were reading me were kind of, it was kind of like. A lot of them are more like. Mean. Yeah, they're they're uh, kicking the pants to get you motivated instead of being like. You can do it. The beautiful flowers are beautiful every day. Yeah. So they're not um, gentle. No. Saying. Yeah, but this yeah. one said, every time someone tells me that life is hard, I ask them, compare to what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of <laughs> like that one. <laughs> I kind of no, like that, too. No, I liked it, too. I, I thought it was great. I just didn't think it fit very well on, a, like, a motivational journal Yeah, you're like, here's your journal. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, here's your journal. <laughs> Quit complaining. No, it's true. I know. I can't complain. I do what I want all day. I mean, I'm probably like the luckiest person in the universe to like have jobs and make art for a living and make projects. Yeah. And I think, you know, but everyone feels that way and everyone gets in those moments. Like not every moment of every job can be total fun. And that's when you're right. going all the way back to the, on the rooftop thing. Do you guys feel like the more you've had your making art jobs, the more you're like, man, wouldn't it have been cool to be like a chimney sweep? Well, no. a metaphorical yeah, that's chimney exactly, sweep. That's ex- a metaphorical chimney sweep. Where I can jump from roof to roof. A job where you could like go outside 
like a park ranger or a my brother anthropologist. I don't know. Sometimes an like, a male ba- mailman would be cool. You just walk around a neighborhood. I'd like to have. Well, you think that though? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as long as I don't have to work at the desk, job, it, but... it'd be okay. Yeah. Well, I would I... like to do. I would like to be in a different life. Um, a field researcher. What do you do in a field researcher job? You Look count fish. I don't know. You test soil samples. You record them in books. And then maybe you talk to other smart people about soil. I don't know. See, I, I think I think if you are... Okay, this is my personal thing, but the older I get, I feel more strongly towards this, is that if you are content with your day-to-day, then you, you've kind of made it. I don't know if content's the right word, but you, you're in a good place. I think that's as, true. As far as jobs go, because... If you're not cursing under your breath. Isn't constantly? that the yeah. point of success is to feel comfortable and to be happy or, yeah. or See, satisfied? I'm, also afraid of, I'm afraid of comfortable because I don't want to make it sound like you're complacent because I think. Maybe no, you not can, complacent. Those are different. But there's I a think, sense of comfort in something about what you're like, doing. I guess I also mean just like if you don't hate your hate your every day, then, <laughs> you know, then I think you've done a good job because I, I'm really happy to be a and designer for a living but I also feel more and more every day that I would also probably if I had chosen a different path I would feel almost exactly the same about whatever that job was probably I'd probably like it unless I really really hated it for some like I don't know it's whatever reason and you could really really hate it a lot of people you could really really, really hate do. it and I know people that really dislike their jobs and for very good reasons and I think that's fine like it's a good reason to change your job but I also don't think like like I think it's there was a phase in my life where I felt like privileged to be an artist but now I kind of feel like this is just my job just like anybody else has a job I don't think any of those jobs is better or worse than the other like it's kind of like they're all if you are content with that existence and you're good and you could probably find your way to be happy in whatever existence if you are a banker or a chimney sweep you know, you'd probably find the way to be happy in whatever that is. If you know the reason why you are interested in rolling out of bed in the morning. Right. And if you're, and it's because you want to catalog some soil samples, you know what I mean? Like you, Chris was saying, compared to what? It's not a comparison to something else. It's your own right. like perspective or something like that yes. that makes it even a good thing or a bad thing. Because right. everybody that's got any job could should feel grateful that they have a job at all. So yeah. when you when you said what you just said, did you mean that you feel like having whatever your day job is is time that is just spent doing whatever? Like if you were going to be an animator, for example, and you ended up as an animator, you'd feel exactly the same. You think that's just your personality, though? Yeah, I do think I would have wound up feeling similarly. You think it's the nature of the individual and how they feel about what they're doing? Like if somebody is perpetually dis- like not content, they're like super angry all day about everything. Yeah. For instance, like I said, there was one point where I thought, man, being an artist, you're, you're at the top of everything. That's the best job there possibly could ever be. And I, I feel that it's the best job for me. But I also don't miss, like, like, I don't think it's the best thing ever in the entire world, if that makes sense. I don't know how to describe this. Well, I feel like that's like what Chris was saying. You're not really supposed to compare it to other people. Right, but at one point I did. At one point, and so I guess what I'm saying is, like, like as far as the personality thing goes, I do think personality has a lot to do with it. But then I also think, like, just existing for a tiny bit, like, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I I had that wrong. I thought it was this way, and actually it's not like that at all. And I imagine in like three or four or five or ten years, I'm going to think differently too. Is that why you said to me once that you said it's not possible to do what you love? Because you personally, Francesca Butchko, will never Wait. love what you're doing? Wait, did I say that? Yes, you did. Actually, you said it on record on the podcast. On podcast yeah. I remember the... Well, okay, here's... I was uh, there, really this, angry during that podcast. I remember that podcast was there was an article that we read that was kind of opposed to the do what you love statement, which I still agree with that article. I still think it's good because it and it's also kind of ties in with this this um, thing that I'm kind of saying, which is there 
the problem with do what you love is that it can like make you think or can make people think that um, one job is better than the other or that maybe you should just, you know, stop doing whatever you're doing and go do, I don't know, just like kind of make your own thing, which is great for some people, but it isn't great for everyone. So there's a problem in saying that's like the best thing to do because it doesn't work for everybody. So you're so, saying like we just shouldn't tell every single person in the world to just do whatever because they can't or they shouldn't, but some people should. Uh, I don't know how to say this. I don't. Come to Francesca with an application, and she will tell you. She'd be like, "You should you do what you love. You would be fine at doing what you love. You would be bad at no. doing what you love." <laughs> yeah, is that you're just, you just don't want people to discount jobs in general. Or to compare, like Chris was saying, not to compare your happiness with somebody else's happiness because it's different. Do what you love also, like that statement has kind of like defined or tries to define what happiness is. And I think it's different for every person. So do you think that people should try to do things they love? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go find your other clip and then just make sure you actually said what I thought you said. Okay. Because I was shocked when you said that it wasn't possible to do what you love. And I was like, what? I think you could try. I feel like you could try to do the things you like more. I don't remember saying exactly that. Maybe I did. Maybe it was something else. Maybe I misinterpreted it. Chris, do you think you would ever want to do what you love? (sighs) Do you love anything? I mean, really? kittens well um i think it's it's worth noting that you constantly change so if i said i'm gonna do what i love forever when i was 18 i probably would not be happy now you'd be wearing more trench coats i'd be yeah well i'd be doing a (laughs) whole lot of different things um so i think you should always do what you love and that in that but but that doesn't have to be intrinsically tied to like your your job job. and that's like that conversation we had before where your job doesn't define your worth as a person and your and your um you know your hobbies could be just as important or more important than your job in general well yeah it doesn't matter because who you are is all the things that you do right so yeah you you should always do what you you love but just that i think that statement implies do what you love which means to Ignore most people, everything else. quit your job that you hate and do the job that you love instead of find a job yes. that you are not painfully uncomfortable with and make sure that it gives you plenty of time and the afford, you know, affords you the ability to do what you love, whether that's traveling or spending time with animals or doing anything like that. I see what you're saying. So Fine yes, then. I'll do what I love. I try and do what I love. I don't know. I, I would like to do that. I feel like, I feel like you, life is like a self-perpetuating cycle of... Do you feel like you just repeat the same stuff that you do because you like it or because you have a weird, vicious cycle of re- repeat situations? Like when you say stuff that you do, do you mean like projects or? Anything, really. Like if I if uh, projects or the way that you uh, pursue interests or the way that you talk to people or the way that you're like day-to-day relationships go do you think that people just have a cycle they do and whether they love them or not they're just in a loop of their own i think most people are just trying to achieve the things that they actually love to do do you Mm -hmm. think people change like consciously make lots of changes toward betterment or do you think Oh, man. Or do you think people don't really... <laughs> my favorite question ever. I'm curious. I go back and forth on that I'm one. Curious. Sometimes I definitely... I, I go back and forth on whether or not I think people can change. And, and what do I'm you feel like today? Feel. Do you feel like today they can or they don't? Today I feel like they can. I'm feeling optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> and in what kind of way do they change? Completely? Uh, or do I they, think, or think... they have uh, um, just minor changes in the way they learn or grow or accept or something in particular or do you think that intrinsically a person is is the combo of all of their their vision of how they see the world and that no matter what new circumstance you throw them and they're always going to kind of react the same um i don't that's a tough question what do you think i i don't know i feel like i would like to think it is possible for okay we talked about um idiot abroad yeah, And whether or not he's an actor, it doesn't matter. Because I feel like if you threw somebody into the world mm-hmm. and showed them a bunch of stuff that they had never seen before, I mm-hmm. think it would be impossible not to be affected 
in whatever way, whatever you saw, whatever you were looking at. I think it would be impossible not to be affected on like a, you know, a deeper level with either the beautiful things or the horrific things of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think that some things shake people out of their zone more. And I feel like, like when people have like a, like a near death experience or something, or something that makes them have like an awakening to something, I do think that they consciously try to change a piece of how they go about their lives because of those like groundbreaking moments or something. Mm-hmm. But if you're left to your own devices, I, I'm not sure that a person would know what to change unless they recognized a pattern of things they were not happy with. I don't yeah. think people just like naturally do the opposite of what they did the day before. I don't think they do that very often. I mean, do you do the, do you, do you like take the same route to work every day, Francesca? Yes, I do. Do you? There's really only one way to go. <laughs> okay. Um, would you, on the days where you would go out of your way, would you do it because you had a reason? Like you knew a coffee house was five blocks away and why not? Oh, yeah, I do, I do stuff like that. But, but you don't, you're not just like today, new way of whatever. Tomorrow, also new way of whatever. I mean, I don't I, know why that would be the change you need to make. I, like that doesn't well, make sense. Just be like, go a different way to work. I think, for instance, if you like to make pottery and that is an important part of your life that you've discovered recently, yeah, then mm-hmm. all you need to do is take time to do that. Whether that's yes. signing up for a class or buying a kiln or whatever you're I'm not really do. sure why I decided I liked pottery though. So that's another question. Yeah, well, yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. Sometimes it just falls on your lap. I think like, you liked pottery in general. You've always the liked theory. teacups and, you know, all these things and little plates and things like that. And then one day um, we were just, you just signed up for a class. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Do you? But I, oh. I think that is a thing is like making, like rearranging your schedule to, and I do think that changes a lot. So you that know, just in, in case something happens. Or yeah. for instance, I want to play more Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So I set aside a time and schedule the thing. And sometimes it is a rousing success. And sometimes like last night, I didn't. no one shows Chris, up. So <laughs> I showed up and I was here and I was ready to make fiber optics and that. And then I got stuck outside with the landlord for like a half an hour in right. the freezing cold. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. Right, but you did but I, cancel I it. I recognize. Well, I well, I could have played with Ian. I was still around, but I was just in. You would have in been the parking area, role playing while you're walking outside with spray mounted fiber optics every five minutes. So that would be a tricky. All right, fine then. Adventure, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's totally fine. But it's something that I wanted to do, so I decided. You know, like instead of waiting around for people to just like magically be in the right place at the right time, I was going to set a time and place. And I did, and I've been trying to follow through on that. And it's like something that, you know, it's not easy to do. I mean, it kind of is, I guess, in the grand scheme of things to do. It's not that hard to be like, this is the day where we're going to do it and everyone be there and do it. And, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to be there. And that's why it's kind of an open invite and why it's sometimes going to end up that it doesn't happen if people can't, you know, free up everyone's schedule at the same time. But I also just won't give up and like I guess it wasn't meant to happen and if I really wanted to be extreme about it there's a million other avenues that I've you know looked at there's open plays at game stores you know you can just go on the how come you're not the person that would be like this is never working (laughs) how come I'm not yeah because it's something I want to do so why would I just give up on it I don't know I don't know you could just complain about it for a long time about how it's not working for you well then that's not going to (laughs) help that's not going to help anything (laughs) I would like to play Dungeons and Dragons so you know what I'm saying though yeah, and I and yeah, well, I guess so. I don't know. There's plenty of people that would be like, "This isn't working. Why am I trying so hard to make this work? It's not working." Yeah. Yeah, I think. But why aren't d- you that person? I don't know because I just really want to play Dungeons. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think the it seems like maybe that your interests are stronger than anything else, which is always good. I think that propels you into doing things. That's why interests are cool because they. At least for me, they they kind of lead into other stuff, you know? So like they- here's a question, Francesca, about that. 
Have you ever been, and would you call this, would you call this, this uh, act of perpetually pushing an agenda a selfish act or a not, not so selfish act? If you said, I am not going to give up on D&D, forget all these people, I'm going to play well, it, would, it regardless. It would be selfish if, I, if, you, if, if nobody wanted else. to, if you guys were all like, I am not interested in that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Come here. Let's put this dice in your hand. Roll it now. Okay, I hit you. And, you know, blah blah <laughs> blah. This do all this. And I you guys you. were just like, I really don't want to do this. And I kept making you do it for some reason. And you kept allowing me to make you do it for some reason. That would be selfish. But if, if for instance, we played and everyone was like, Well, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Then I would say, Okay, well, that is not the avenue I should pursue. And I, there's other avenues where I can pursue it. So in the true sense of the word, though, you have to be fairly confident that you should be doing this thing regardless of anybody else's whatever me yeah or anybody francesca if you if you really wanted to do Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. and all of the signs in the universe pointed to no what would you do i don't think there's anything wrong with Doing something and being like, actually, like if I was like, I'm going to be a Kung Fu master. Yeah. I'm going to be a Kung and Fu master. Like, and finally I signed up and, and I, and I did it. And, and in fact, this, I was in, I've quit things and I can list all the things I have quit and I rarely quit them because they were too hard or because they were like unachievable, but it, it was just like, this is not fun and if this is supposed to be a fun activity. If I'm no, not having and that's fun. not what I mean. Not that, okay. not quit because it's not fun. But which, at which point do you decide that that your personal interest in something is so important that if no matter what somebody said to you, they said you shouldn't do this or this is no fun or this is dumb or whatever you're doing is lame, mm-hmm. how often would you decide to pursue it? And this could be a per, this is person to person. I'm sure. Okay. But if you, well, if somebody said, Francesca, whatever you like doing and you've been trying to do it for forever, this is dumb. And, and like a bunch of people said it was dumb. Would you okay. keep doing it? Well, I would question the people I was hanging out with <laughs> because I don't know why they would tell me a thing I cared about was dumb. Good if, point. Uh, there have been times, though, where I have attempted, like Chris was saying, things that you, you know, you'll quit on. And that there's stuff that I've quitted because it it mainly has to do with time, sometimes other resources. Do you quit but, because of, would you quit? Not do you quit, but would you quit because of the public opinion? Or would you quit because you just no. need, you felt like it should just not be a thing personally? Like, would you pursue something everybody told you you shouldn't? Um... I mean, I would listen to if they were if if somebody seriously was telling me I shouldn't do something, I'd probably listen to hear because I I would want to know why they felt so strongly to actually tell me something like that. And I fortunately I don't think I've had that too many times happen. But if like I'm fortunate that I'm close with my sister and my other family members, so if they were like, "Look, this is not a good idea," I'd be like, "Could you please tell me why?" And sometimes I don't listen to that. Sometimes I do, but I, I would definitely want to hear why. And I always wonder, and this is the reason why I'm asking you guys this question, I keep stressing it, is I always wonder what it takes for people to, to give in to that. What does it take and why, do some, why are some people so concerned about it and other people don't give a crap and we'll keep doing well, it even if it's a bad idea. That's the other thing. It's like I'm not saying that you're the thing that the hypothetical thing that people do is always a good idea either. Maybe people are telling you truly you shouldn't do this because this is a really bad idea and it's actually a really bad idea. But it's funny yeah. because I know plenty of people that'll just going to do whatever they want all the time regardless of what anybody says to them. And sometimes they're geniuses for it and sometimes they're fools and they you know whatever yeah and then well, there's it's hard because it's subjective too like but it's a pattern it's a pattern in the people that continue to do that it's a strong will on the side of whoever or a completely weak will on the side of whoever and i, I mean there are some people in the middle that of course reason their way into one or the other but what's funny about that is i always i was just curious about you guys because i wonder 
I wonder how many, if somebody were to ask me the same thing, I wonder, I have a hard time giving things up if I think there's like a reason why I want to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And, um, as you guys probably know, I continued to be like, well, what if this version, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'll but that's good because that's like re reformatting or reworking an idea. That's a, that's a solution to, you know, like a roadblock comes up, then you could either like lie down in front of it or you could, you know, work your way around it. But it's funny because so. I think, I think I'm probably in the stubborn camp, you know? But you wouldn't lie down in front of it. You would... You would keep going and figure right, out how to make something stubborn. happen. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably. If Let's I'd, say we're having a hurdle race. Here we come to the first hurdle. Yeah. I jump it. Yeah. Francesca stops and lays down. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, Lindsay runs right through it. And then finishes the race with like 10 hurdles all around her waist and ankles and stuff. Is that what I do? Yeah. <laughs> I accumulate. <laughs> I just pick them all up. As I, I jump go. it a couple times until I get until I see something else, and I, and I see some guy in the audience playing Game Boy, and I'm like, "Hey, give me that!" And then I sit down. Oh yeah, and then for whatever reason, I'm collecting all the hurdles and then putting them somewhere. And I, <laughs> that's that's how it goes. Yeah. But well, I was just curious. I I am very curious, and I always wonder why people do that. I everybody I'm sure chooses whether or not they pursue something or not because they have their own reasoning. But it is interesting yeah. because I feel I feel like I have some people in mind that I'm thinking of, and there are some people that they they get one decline or something, and they are just crushed, and then whatever they were doing is not worth doing anymore or something, or like they get one like you know somebody criticizing a small piece of it, and instead of being enraged, they are uh, enraged and excited to show that person. They are enraged and also quitting or, or they're doing things and you're wondering why they're doing it because it doesn't make any sense. But I realize all these things are very personal, but it's really funny to me to know that when we talked about can a person change and I was just thinking of all the scenarios where I could just anticipate everything some of my, some of my good friends would do. If you'd be like, what, what about this scenario? What would they do? And I would just be like, oh, this, this is how they would deal with this. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like you could predict most of your friends' actions? I don't know if I could. I can predict you. Yeah? Yeah, and you hate it when I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I know what Lindsay's going to do before she does everything. Hmm. See, I feel weird about that, and I feel weird that I'm so predictable, except for I don't feel like I'm not. I have lived with you for, what, 15 years now? Yeah, but still. So. Yeah. What about all the surprises and all the... all the None hmm. left. What are you talking about? <laughs> Francesca, you know me really well. Do you feel like do you feel like you could also do the same thing? Um You'd be like, maybe. I know exactly what Lindsay would do like this. Chris uh, thinks he's got me pegged, like Well Chris probably does. I don't I don't know. Do you have me pegged? I, huh? I'm asking if Lindsay thinks she has me pegged. Yeah, totally. So then we're fair. Yeah, even. I guess so. I don't know. Fine. Well, yeah. I was just curious, Francesca, or like your sister, or like somebody you know really well, you know, like, do you feel like I mean, you could kind of guess pretty accurately? Sometimes, sometimes I do for the, I'll just be like, oh, I wonder if they did this, and then they did, and, but I, I don't know, I think sometimes, sometimes you can't guess. But didn't you say, didn't you also you. say that you don't know if people change? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if people change, but I... I think people are really complicated. And so that's... Well, I was going to say, you can probably guess exactly what they're going to do until the moment that they break and do something out right. of character. Well, I was, right. I was going to say, you probably guess probably 90% of the time what what somebody you know really well is going to do or think about something. Yeah. Because if, if you know them really well, you probably know their ideals and like their... Yeah, you, you know. probably know their motivation, yeah. Yeah. There's a quote that I'm, I don't know exactly right so i apologize i'm misquoting it but i like it a lot it is something like the truly terrible thing about life is that everyone has their reasons and i i like that because it i think it, it's this notion that like people do stuff that make you happy or people do things that make you sad or whatever but they all have a reason that makes sense to them about why they did what they of did. Of course they do. Because whatever they, and I totally agree with that. I feel like everybody's reality is different. Right. 
Exactly. So totally different. Oh, geez. Chris just likes to pick things up and drop them just for fun. I could have predicted that. He's going to do like a, like a, like a uh, clown walk real quick and knock all the podcast equipment over (laughs) and then fall down the stairs (laughs) and then crush the stairs as he goes down. So, so predictable, Chris. Sorry. That's all right. Okay, I'm going to put that in the podcast notes once I can confirm that's exactly what happened. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I feel like, yeah, maybe I could have predicted that I would have been doing Cosmos at the last minute. Probably. Maybe Jenny could have predicted, which is probably why she's freaking out right now. I think you could probably make that prediction on 99.9% of all projects ever. That we're going to do it at the last second? Anybody. Oh, any person is going to do it. Who does projects ahead of time? No one. Who would? Yeah. Come on now. Who would? What's the point? What's the point? We did our 2014 taxes just in time. Yeah, for the extension in October. In October. October 14th, I think which a is lot when of you're supposed to did. do them. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people did. I saw that was a, a popular thing this week. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. You're like, <laughs> this is the, the for real, the absolute last moment in time you can do this we thing. We could so you better start on do our it. 2015 taxes, but... We deserve a break after all that hard work for the 2014 taxes. (laughs) I need a whole year's break. Yeah. God, I feel like we do taxes every day of our lives. It's just probably true. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. I feel like that's that's a delightful universe that we live in, right? So, um, but that's okay. I'm going to continue to do my things predictably to the last second. Um, Predictably give Jenny heart attacks until the last minute. And then... um, I will predict that she'll send me a text and ask me how the fiber optics are going tonight. And then I will also predict that I'll get crabby about it. And then. (laughs) Aw, she's probably just worried. (laughs) I know. I get them and I'm like, it's like the same, the same thing. I'll predict I'll also get several more great personality emails, except for maybe some people will be real nice and they'll say, I really liked it. Keep going. And I'll be like, all right. It's like running the last leg of my hurdle race where I got to keep picking up my hurdles. It's really heavy. <laughs> yeah, I got to. <laughs> they're so heavy. But actually, I know I talked about this um, with you, Francesca. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to picking that back up, that hurdle. <laughs> it was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I am. I am really looking forward to it. I think about it all the time, you know, but there's only so many hours in a day. And since I'm doing everything at the last minute, that one too. So, yeah. I think that's that's a reality for a the lot world. Of people. It is. Yep. Well, um, here is a couple last minute things. Definitely, you guys keep an eye on the cosmos. Um, as maybe I'll actually post some in process stuff since I'm doing it all at once on ye old Instagram. Possibly. Sometimes it's real glamorous. Sometimes it's real not. I don't know. Everybody's seen people's messy desks. Sometimes, sometimes people find that interesting. I might post that. Um, but where can people find all of our stuff? Well, you can check out those Instagram pictures that may or not may not be posted, <laughs> uh, and you can find that at Light Gray Art Lab username, I guess. Yep. Uh, you can email us podcast at lightgrayartlab.com to tell us all the things that uh, you are cyclically cyclically. Cyclically? Yeah, that's a word. Cyclically doing throughout all time in history. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, like Gray Art Lab. You can like us on Facebook and find out about upcoming openings, game nights, and t- workshops there. You can follow us on Tumblr, where lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store, stream it directly on Stitcher Radio, and that's it. I think that is it. So thanks again, you guys. Um, definitely check out the new travel trip over this New Year's Eve, um, December 31st through January 4th to Uray, Colorado. Um, hopefully some of you guys can join us. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. We said... Pick your knees up, step in time. Pick your knees up, step in time. And then the guys like step I all over the. That's about all the lyrics, isn't it? That's oh, yeah. That's basically what they do. I thought that's what they did. But then yeah. I, I felt like they said something else. And then we said um, that they never need a reason and they never need a rhyme. 
And then they said, pick your knees up, step in time. And then they clapped clapped themselves. And then they dive into everybody's living room. Yep. Yeah, they do that. real poppers. What does that mean? Real what? Popper? Yeah. Poppers. Poppers. Oh, poppers. Like the prince and the popper. Generally, the state of being poor. That sounds sounds applicable. You guys are never like the prince and the popper? Yeah, no, I know, I know yeah. Popper. I know. I, I just didn't. I wouldn't have thought that those. I thought those guys. They chose that because they can see the world from the roof. I thought they, they have it a was broader perspective. They were chimney sweeps. Yeah, they're they're chimney sweeps. Yeah, they are, and they can see the world from the roof. <laughs> okay. They can see farther than the banker can is that see. The, is That's that the, the title of this podcast. Title of podcast? Is, I can see farther than a banker can see. Cool.